Hello, and welcome to The Dreadclaw. So, uh, very well and welcome. Um, today I am joined by uh, Bill uh, from Bad Dice Gaming, uh, all the way in Canada. And uh, he's really kindly uh, agreed to give up some time today to talk through some of his experiences, but specifically about the awesomeness that was the LVO that um, he and Bad, Date, Bad Dice Gaming ran uh, earlier was it last year late last year earlier this year i cannot remember yeah early this year yeah. earlier this year yeah so um as all the people we interview for the podcast the first thing we start with usually is is you know your origin story so how how have you managed to end up uh, in this hobby and i suppose taking that leap from being in this hobby to doing loads of stuff in the community um as uh, at large it's uh it's definitely been a pretty pretty cool journey we started about just over a year ago now, and it was actually two separate groups, uh, both kind of talking about the same thing, uh, like trying to get more involved in the community, doing battle reports and whatnot, um, out of the local players that we have here. Uh-huh. And uh, I decided, you know, hey, it's let's try and merge these two separate groups together and, you know, join forces and see what we can come up with. And so we started coming up with Bad Tabletop Gaming, and slowly started to fumble our way through battle reports and keep continuing to polish what we do uh, through the time. Like, you know, some people have come, come and gone and we've uh, just continued to grow and develop like as the team. And it's been a pretty successful thing so far. Like yeah. just ourselves, I know it, it's definitely pushed us to get a lot of hobbying done, be it painting or gaming or just, you know, just trying to, uh, build the backlog of terrain or just anything really. <laughs> so it's definitely, uh, it's been a great contributor for that. Got yeah. So what about your own personal journey? How did you, I mean, firstly, I suppose from people in the UK, we're always, you know, lovely to hear from people playing this hobby all over the world. Cause it is a, a you know, a global phenomena, but yeah. how did you as an individual, how did you get started in it? So what was your kind of gateway into, into the sort of world of 40 K or whatever? Uh, it's it started a long time ago in grade <laughs> four, so I was like oh, yeah. ten years old. Um, a bunch of us ended up going to one of the local stores here, and believe it or not, I still go to the same store. <laughs> same guy still there. So nice, that's cool. Yeah, it's at uh, it's at Comic Beaver. So I went, I went to the store, and this was right where Second Edition was kind of in its prime. Right, and started kind of you know checking out the store talking to the guys that are playing and the owner was like, Hey, you know, if you're interested, like I'll, I'll try and, you know, walk you into the game, but you know, you should read the rules and see if it's something you're into. Cause it's, there can be quite a lot to it. And especially yeah. being so young. So ended up spending the summer reading all the rules and really liked it. And we played a couple like, um, skirmish style games to kind of get yeah. me in there. And next thing I know, I had a full army of, uh, chaos marines and i was rocking out with those and then when the uh ultramarines book i ended up stumbling across so i changed over to ultramarines because i was able to get uh the starter like for a second that had ultramarines works in there so rocked out with those and then as third edition came out and i started you know going through school and whatnot started to get more friends into it and 
as we have gone, like it's basically every year, you know, you go into school and you keep, you know, uh, playing and whatnot. You keep meeting new people that are interested in the hobby and, or you show them, right. And they get yeah. interested and, uh, it's basically grown from there. Like almost all the gaming people I have like locally, I've known for well over 15 years now. Wow. And, that's awesome. Yeah. And we just keep meeting more people and yeah. keeps growing this big community that's, you know, for the longest time we were just in the store. There was like the eight of us and that's all that really, that was the bubble, right? That was the whole uh-huh. bubble there. Yeah. We started expanding and going to different places, meeting different groups, joining different leagues. We ended up uh, starting to play heresy. We had like a, um, a local little uh, uh, one-time league kind of get ran by one of the guys at the store. Uh-huh. And then from meeting other Edmonton local guys, we, uh, decided like, Hey, you know, let's jump onto this new page. It was for heresy. And, uh, a couple of guys started it up and we wanted to jump in and kind of, you know, roll the community. And it's, it's been growing. I think actively, if everybody came out of the woodwork to play, we'd probably have about 20 people now. Nice. For heresy. Until, for heresy. Yeah. yeah yep. That's awesome. Um, 40 K there's a lot of guys that yeah. play 40 K like, and I, I still play 40 K, um, gotcha. like rocking out with eighth edition and whatnot. It felt like a, a good time. Cause kind of, mm. we stopped playing sixth, seventh era for a bit and then we jumped to heresy. So got you, but 20 people, that's not bad at all. Is it? I mean, it's uh heresy is a tough sell, you know, cause it's hard to get the yeah. stuff, you know, it's not like you can just go into a games workshop or a sort of friendly local game store and just say, Hey, I want one of these off the shelf. You know, it requires a, a, a real, a real dedication, but that's awesome. I mean, it has got that. The hobby is great for that. I think, you know, for, yeah. you know, sort of getting people together and involved. And um, like you say, you start playing it and you introduce your friends and then your friends introduce their friends. And, you know, we have a, a group up here and we still get people who, who come across. We get, I don't know if you get this, but we get quite a lot of people coming back into the hobby now. Yeah. Um, you know, who have sort of played it when they were younger or uh, played, gave up after sort of sixth or seventh edition. And we started to see a lot of people sort of come playing heresy after seventh edition and stuff, which is which is really cool. So, but yeah, it's it's great for that. And it's one of these uh, super hobbies for you know meeting new people. It's really, really cool. So that's excellent. So um, how did you and this is great. I mean, how did you become involved in the LVO? Because you're in Edmonton which is nowhere near Las Vegas. I've looked on the map, even like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's a fair old hike, man. So how did, how did all that transpire? It, uh, it definitely came from, uh, just kind of being right place at the right time, uh, on Facebook, uh, just before, I guess, what was it? It's the second time I ever went to LVO. They were posting on, I believe it was on the Depticon page, but they were looking for someone to help TO, with the LVO uh, like 30k event and I kind of just messaged this guy it was uh, Chris Morgan who was looking on behalf of Frontline Gaming and basically touched base with him was like hey I'm interested I've ran some events before um, like locally I've run uh, mm-hmm. several and uh, it's been it's been great with that and he got me into a chat with Reese and we started kind of talking about uh, you know like kind of this is the deal we need you to kind of facilitate in a tournament or event and here's like what we have so far and i kind of took it and went back to the the guys like in the community here and um planned out a player's pack that would encompass everything that we kind of needed it to be 
And then from there, it was basically, I worked really close with this uh, guy, Alex, to drum up a really nice, beautiful players pack for a first round out. We didn't have a whole lot of time. It was about two months to get it all together. And uh, Alex did a really good job. He knocked it out of the park and we were able to uh, launch this event and it worked out really good. Um, A lot of it was like basically custom missions and like custom scenarios for everything on that. And uh, it was definitely good feedback wise that we got from a like, majority of the players. Uh, they were really happy with it because it was something different than just the book rules or the book yeah. missions. Right. They get a little bit stale after a while. So they do, yeah. um, as we kind of progressed, I've become pretty active on the it's a Las Vegas open horse heresy page to try and connect with the players and to try and really reach out and, uh, you know, be personable and just get feedback from them, what kind of things they want to see. So we've yeah. been posting polls for that. And uh, this last round, we ended up uh, transitioning to more narrative style play. Yeah. And then that's when I, I started reaching out to all the different groups in the community um, for uh, some mission like support. Cause it's, the best thing about the hobby is it, it is growing that community and trying to, uh, you know, really promote the, the group as a whole. And I know when we made that first jump over to uh, narrative, some people weren't exactly happy because there's that whole competitive narrative like push. Okay, right. Yeah. So basically it was to try and encompass the community as a whole. And based on like feedback, we can go back and forth and swing either way. It's just, I know a lot of guys like the narrative feel and myself personally, like I'm really starting to get into it. And I think the Horace Heresy audiobooks have something to do with that too. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's an interesting one. We have this, I mean, it's a constant dilemma running events is to try and make everybody happy as best you can. And, you know, some people are, and in the UK, they've. it's interesting really because um, a lot of people have come into Heresy from sort of tournament backgrounds as a result of playing tournaments, they don't want to play them anymore, if you see what I mean. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of like, a, you know, people have played very competitively and it's like, you know what, this isn't as much fun as when I was a younger person playing it. You know, when we had stories and we were doing cool things with cool models because they were just because they yeah. were cool. So um, that's great that you managed to find that balance and to sort of you know reach out to people. And it's also, I suppose, good to hear that people want to do the narrative thing rather than the tournament thing. Yeah. Um, because it's uh, we don't have too many tournaments in Heresy here. Um, most people tend to now run sort of narrative based events, I think, um, just because, you know, there's lots of 40K tournaments and things. And that's very, very competitive. And it's just a nice kind of break from that, really. But um, so, you know, you, you took this really great approach, I think, which was, um, you know, so actually, before we come on to that, the logistics of you running the event. So how I've never been to the LVO. It's one <laughs> of those events that it, it, people in the UK, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this thing. Wow. Las Vegas playing heresy how much better must life get than that i mean it sounds super glamorous uh what's it like as an event i mean it sounds really really cool and we've seen pictures and stuff it uh it it was it was awesome um from the first time i've gone so i've I've gone lvo three times now gotcha and every time it just seems to get better and better um basically it's it's the largest group i've ever been in like for playing heresy which is awesome because just all the beautiful armies and everyone has Mm. their like it's super thematic and if you want to see like you know the pinnacle of hobbying and getting right down to the lore like the heresy guys just kill it they always have just 
top-notch work. So um, <laughs> it, it's really cool. Uh, this last round and the second round, basically the only thing that can be hectic is sometimes the uh, Wi-Fi or using the app, the Best Coast Pairings app, to try okay, and get everybody yeah. on there. And on last year, as soon as everyone was signed in and registered and I hit pair, the app crashed because there was all the 40k <laughs> stuff happening and basically i'm standing there i'm like well okay like the show has to go on we got to start right. now so i got all the traders and loyalists to kind of line up on either side and just as they lined up just okay you guys are playing nice. here and just kind of yeah. rolled through and the app got back online in about an hour so we were able to fix it and all the pairings were proper again but it was oh, yeah. it was crazy like and it, again <laughs> this year we didn't, I didn't even bother with that for the pairing. We just kind of paired everybody up yeah. first round. So it was, yeah. we tried to, this round for LVO, we made it as um, traders versus loyalists the whole way through. Yes. And uh, it, it definitely worked good. Last year, it was basically first round was trader versus loyalist. And after that, it was Swiss. It was however okay. the points started to fall. So, oh, right. um, okay. yeah, pros and cons but, with both. So, yeah. Because, I mean, that is one of the things we've looked at, um, you know, it's that. Like say that sort of pairing, but you want to do some of pairings of you know best loyalist and best traitor to fight each other, not necessarily the person with the highest score like you would in a normal sort of Swiss yeah. pairing thing. So, so yeah, but it's um balancing games. I mean that's always a that's always a challenging thing as well. So um I suppose Swiss is a good way of doing that, isn't it? Because at least the people who are kind of super competitive can play other super competitive people and yeah. have some fun. Exactly. But yeah, we've 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 agonised over that. That's always been one of our biggest uh, you know biggest challenges is to try and you know provide a, a balanced game for everybody. But so things like um the terrain and stuff, I'm assuming that the, the actual event organisers they provide you with the terrain and yeah. you're sort of there just to organise to it and make sure you've got a, a story, the event pack, and everything else is done and go from there. I mean that's still I mean you you had a Friday night thing which was this awesome. Tell us about this awesome-looking mega battle, and then we come on to the sort of Saturday and Sunday. So on yeah Friday we had the uh, the mega battle event, and Craig and myself were um, toing for that one because there's quite a few players that come up for yeah. that. I think we had 22, 22 this nice. year. So what we ended up trying to do is we break it up into um, we have four different tables going at one time, so we can throw basically it's three v three per table. Yeah. So you can kind of spread it out, and I don't know about you, but the apocalypse games and big mega battle games I've yeah. ever played, you get to like turn two, maybe three, <laughs> and it's ten hours has gone ten by. Hours so, later. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, it. <laughs> so basically, you know, um, break it up so they actually finish their game, which is huge. And then when we start to kind of divide the players, we start to divide manpower um, and primarchs and titans. So we try and keep warlords fighting warlords. Uh, we try and keep like Primarchs fighting Primarchs, but like no duplicate uh, Primarchs or Legions on the same table, just to keep it as spread out as possible, right? And it it turned out there's some really good matchups. Um, the one table there is uh, five Primarchs, and they just all kind of converge with their Death Stars, <laughs> and it was crazy, right? Like Angron you know charging. One? That would be a great uh, question. Angron and I believe Magnus walked away from that fight, but there was. Uh, Fulgrim, Gulliman, and Dorn, also right. in there. So it, it was a it was a bloodbath. Everyone had <laughs> everyone had their Death Stars, right? And yeah, yeah. Angron with his ten butchers charging in was it was insane. So nice. there's a lot of good stuff in there. Oh, good stuff. But yeah, I mean, it looked spectacular. I've got to say, you know, we had to look back at the, the pictures and stuff like that. But you're right about big battles. They're one of those things that you think, oh yeah, I'd love to do a massive battle. 
and you're like, yeah, 10,000 points aside. Come on, guys, let's do this. Or even more. Come on, let's get everything on the table. And by yeah. the time you've set up, it's like, well, that's four hours gone. We haven't even gone past, not even started rolling any dice yet. By the time yeah, we're on deployment, it's just mad. <laughs> it can definitely take a while. Um, I think we've kind of got it narrowed down in a nice way where it's um, like, you know, you sign those team captains and they got to keep everything kind of rolling along to kind of help you out. Yeah. And one of the rules that we were using um, it was an adaptation from LVO 2019 uh, that uh, Alex had come up with. It was basically um, target priority. So to keep things in a balance and like fair, because not everyone has a Titan. Sometimes yeah. people don't bring super heavies. It was Titans can only fire on Titans. And then uh, super heavies idea. can only attack them. Right. Yeah. And basically anything lower than their tier can attack them, but they can't just blast away infantry when there's other God engines on the God. table. So That's it let, yeah. yeah and, and we, we had it where Titans were worth VPs to kill same with Lords of war or super heavies. And there was actual objectives for the guys who didn't actually have Titans and super heavies to play and like fight over yeah. with their troops. And it worked out really good. I think it was a, a balanced approach that everyone kind of got to feel like they're still part of the battle, no matter what. Right. So, gotcha. That is a great way of doing it because obviously the temptation is to just I'm just going to you know mow down all the infantry with my massive titan and then you know but yeah. actually making them fight each other off is a really cool way of doing it because you know you get those sort of multi tiered battle then as well so that's uh, yeah yeah I will definitely be pinching that off you mate yeah I'll definitely <laughs> take it that's a really good one that sounds like an excellent way of doing it so um that was the Friday so yeah. Saturday you know you turn up and you you got all so how many people did you get for the uh, Saturday Sunday um we had 38 registered and 32 showed up ready to ready to play so which isn't bad like usually there's a a bit of a drop off um but yeah at the end yeah we had 16 tables rolling out and throughout the whole event we ended up having two guys drop just due to scheduling conflicts or whatever and uh so yeah we had 15 tables rolling out basically the whole weekend over five rounds or this one was six rounds sorry and it was it was a lot of fun though Gotcha. Um, take an hour for lunch, right? You play one game, you take a break, yeah. and then you play the two. So we're usually done by about six six thirty every night. Okay, gotcha. and uh, it made it a little bit rough because we were starting at about nine. Yeah. So you know there wasn't a whole lot of room for partying there. And the thing <laughs> is, is you can start later, but then you're playing later. And you know, yeah. like being Vegas, guys just want to check it out and walk the strip totally, and yeah. have fun. And definitely, it's. Uh, it's worth the trip to go. Like it's a whole different world there. So I don't know about you, but um, after uh, organizing an event for a day, I'm absolutely knackered. I'm exhausted. Yeah. You know, I, I'm completely drained and it's like, cause, cause we've got the residential event. I always feel like a bit of a git because I'll get the, we're, we're finished and we usually finish quite late. Cause we have like a dinner break in between. So we, mm-hmm. and it, you know, we've got plenty of time, but um, I'm always really tired. I'm going to bed at like half 10, 11 o'clock and everybody's staying up till three in the morning drinking, but I'm like, I'm just too tired guys. Yeah. Just, it just takes out on you. But, um, <laughs> so yeah. And then, uh, Sunday came along, uh, same again. So you had, was it six events, six games? Did you play? It three was six three? games. Yeah. All right. Um, thanks. six games total Friday. I ended up going out a little bit, uh, Saturday night. I was, I was definitely tired. Um, cause the whole <laughs> thing is in between rounds, I'm, I have to calculate yeah. all the total victory points to keep it trader versus loyalist and then manually yeah. enter everything. <laughs> so it was a good 20 minutes in between rounds of going through. And we we had that as a break allocated anyways, but yeah. it was stressful. And then Sunday night we went out and we went out hard. 
just because it was their <laughs> last night there. So. Yeah, no, that's that's more than fair. But yeah, that that is the thing. It's like as soon as the fin- games finish, our you know work suddenly starts as we're trying to make sure everybody's got a decent matchup and things. So it's, it can yeah. be super stressful. And I just ask uh, me and Chris when we're doing the sort of games op thing. I, I get super stressed. Chris is a bit more chilled than me. But um, so the the mission thing we, we touched on earlier. So that was a how did that go down? Because you had I think you had like multiple more of our podcast and Vagarian Heresy and stuff like that. So yeah. Where did that idea come from? Because, like I said, that is that was really unique, and I thought it was a really cool way of doing it. It, it was something I I pretty much kind of just drummed up on the fly. I, I know I wanted custom missions, and I know we wanted to have like a narrative flair. So I was trying to work on a narrative portion and based on win losses for loyal trader, just to kind of have it like special rules layer. And we had a couple missions ready to go. But I, I really like the idea of trying to encompass the heresy community as a whole. And I just started messaging groups, right? Like, uh, mm. so started with some of the big ones and just kept going and searched as many as I could for just groups. And ended up talking about eight different groups. And I had had five end up coming back. And then one one had to drop. But the, the out of the four, like including yourselves, uh, the missions were great. A lot of people liked them. Oh, that's good. Like we we added uh, that tactical doctrine um, rule to every mission. Basically, if your force had three uh, troops, and out of the compulsory section, so tacticals, assault marines, or breachers, um, for legion specifically here, uh, yep. they basically got an extra victory point in their game. Okay. To show like you know to yeah. encourage you to take the extra troops and to have more fun because a lot of the missions had objectives in them and that was kind of the point of yeah of it and it, it worked well actually um a lot of the guys liked it they didn't feel like they got kind of hamstringed into a certain army yeah and they were it because the whole focus was calculating and generating victory points there wasn't sudden death either so end of the game you get wiped but you got 10 to his six points like 10 points yeah. you still win still won. It's, yeah. it's that last stand right it kind of encourages okay. you to maybe do the less tactical choices but still have fun with it and got, yeah. you know go for the objective no matter what yeah and i think that we've um you know when we've been writing our missions now we tend to so like you said we when we first run events we did the book missions and it's like, okay, we've kind of done those to death now. Every event's done them because, and there is a real, if there's one thing I suppose that Forge World could do with is, you know, one of the, one of the old 40K 7th edition books, which has got just missions in, you know, yeah. they could really do with something like that, you know, for heresy, I think, because that would be just great. I mean, in fact, we've started to, that was quite a good resource for this year. We've used the, some of those old missions from those books the old, um, and found a copy of the old, I think it's Altar of War, just to give us some ideas, you know, because after a while it's like, there's only so many ways you can put objectives and things just yeah. to try and do something different. But we've noticed that also there's been like a, people are, are happier now doing missions that are kind of like take and hold, you know, where you get onto an objective and you get victory points each turn, you know, because like you say, then you don't have this, um, you're just going to get mullered, you're going to get destroyed by, you know, super heavy. You can still earn enough victory points to actually win the game. So, yeah, definitely. the uh, the calculating like points per turn definitely seems to be like a growing trend. Yeah. Um, I think it works well for heresy games as well. You know, like, yeah, absolutely. I suppose the only thing is, it's like you get some adv- some armies have an advantage, some of them don't. So it's like trying to balance that as well. You know, because if you're infiltrating, you can be on them really quick, and you're you know yeah. getting loads of victory points after minutes. But yeah, part of the challenges. So, um, and what was it like? I mean, what was your highlight of the of the 
the weekend for you? What was the thing that you'll look back on and think, you know, that was that was awesome? Honestly, <laughs> just like the weekend as a whole was awesome. And I, I think my favorite part is the um, is pretty much doing the awards to get to, you know, really get that face time. Because I, I try and be as active as a TO as I can and roll around the tables and make yeah. sure I talk to everybody and engage them. And when I'm, you know, doing the award spiel and I get them all together, we get to talk and lots of pictures and then sharing it all after. I, I think that's kind of the the best part. Like if those guys are happy and they're laughing and having a good time and they walk away from the event, like happy, that's to me, that's yeah. a job well done. Absolutely. And I, I think we definitely nailed nailed it this round like everybody seemed to be very pleased um our prizing support was better than it was last year which is even better for us yeah. so it, we grew also like we had um a lot more players this round so th there is growth there it's starting and as long as you know we keep uh in contact with the player base like on the polls yeah. on that uh facebook page i was mentioning it'll really uh i think we'll just keep growing because if if we're going the direction that players want to play and, you know, using lists and units that they want to play with, well, then we're doing something right. And I, I like to keep rolling with it right until something changes. It's nice to go that way. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And that is, that is awesome. Like I said, so um, are you going to be doing it again next year? Is that the plan? That is the plan. Um, I'm assuming LVO will go <laughs> off without a hitch. Uh, although you never know, like yeah, I know no, locally no, here, no. they've shut down everything. So yeah. be interesting to see how it goes. It's definitely uh, for a year that was supposed to be like monumental for gaming and be, you know, all it can be. It's definitely been a bit of a tough pill to swallow with everything going the way it is. So, yeah, no, it is one of those things, obviously, because this is a very social. I mean, people look at our hobby and think it's very antisocial people sitting in, you know, painting figures on their own. But it's a hugely social thing, you know, everything yeah. you do is with other people. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's, it's a real shame that this has happened. So once obviously this COVID-19 thing is resolved, uh, where can people find out more about sort of bad gaming? And uh, the, obviously you've got, you mentioned the YouTube channel. Yeah. So for, for bad tabletop gaming, basically, yeah, we've got a YouTube channel. We have a Facebook page. Uh, we also have an Instagram account. So any of the social media platforms, you can reach sure. out to us and uh, check out battle reports. We're slowly starting to um, turn to battle reports into more narrative, like mini series. Okay, I yeah. have some plans down down the pipe for like a Wolfsbane, like five or six part mini series where we reenact some of the iconic battles in the book between Wolves and Sons of Horus, and I think it'll I think it'll be pretty good that way. That is so, a great idea, yeah. So bad tabletop gaming. We'll put all of the links in our show notes so people can find sure. all of your stuff. Absolutely. So, um, I think that's probably about it, mate. So anything um, else people should look for. So are you going to be running any events as well? Obviously once this is done, have you got anything planned? You said you had one in May that you've postponed. Yeah. Uh, we, we have a local event that we were running. It was our first, like our big first bad tabletop gaming <laughs> event. It's called guts and glory. And we were going to be encompassing three different systems. So we were going to have a narrative de-escalation um, 30K event, huh? where as as you play rounds, you drop points, drop points, drop points to show the attrition like through war. And it's trying to battle over a few yeah. different systems. 
which I think would be kind of cool. Um, that is a, another cracking idea. I mean, that because normally you go the other way. You sort of start yeah. small and go big, but going big and going small, as like you say, the attrition as you get less and less forces that you can commit uh, to the battle, and it's just really becoming grinding that. Res- you know, trying exactly. To that yeah, it's cracking, cracking. Exactly. Idea. That's that's primarily going to be focusing on like a uh, like expeditionary fleet type force. Yeah. So for that event, like we have a plan where everybody's going to be getting one of the navigator models and they can use it as their actual navigator. And you just keep playing the, uh, the games and grinding it out. And then we're going to have a 40 K, um, ITC, like grand tournament where we had a bunch of players sign up for that. And then there's actually going to be a bolt action, uh, event for the Stalingrad, uh, coming out. Yeah, so there's going to be a few different things. I know we were looking at uh, Titanicus on day yeah. two to throw it in there to see if we could somehow incorporate Titanicus. Even if, you, you know, four to eight players would be great. Yeah. And then encompass the results from their games to transition yeah. into that narrative, right? And see what's happening with that. So that's the nice thing with uh, Heresy. You're always able to kind of keep the movement rolling, um, believe it or not. Last year we had in our local league, they wrapped up a campaign or yeah, we wrapped up a campaign. We did this big battle um, for a system, Monte Carlo three. And then this year it was basically the continuation at LVO to figure okay, out what okay. happened exactly. And now this event we have coming up that guts and glory is like the next phase of the story. And yeah. from there we'll roll that into LVO again to keep the storyline going and keeping it kind of uh, ready to go. Got you. So it's, uh, it, I think it'll be pretty good actually. Got you. So the whole thing's kind of tied to an on, ongoing kind of narrative arc, like saying, yeah. so you've got this. That's a really good idea as well. So, yeah. so what are you looking forward to in, in Heresy next year? Events aside, um, are you planning on any new armies? You've got your eye on anything Dark Angel y or next No, <laughs> no, like Dark Angels, I, I do like them, they're pretty cool. Um, the space wolves in me though, won't let me, <laughs> won't let me play them. So, uh, I've actually been looking into, uh, word bearers myself yeah. just because, uh, I have a, a friend who, Andy, he's part of the, uh, bad tabletop crew who plays ultramarines and he was starting to dabble into uh word bearers, but, um, he's kind of, you know, lost a little bit of interest and I'm always up for those grudge matches. So yeah. my word bearers can go against his ultramarines and he's thinking about actually picking up thousand suns so we can have <clears throat> space wolves and thousand suns fights. Yes. It, it's, it's good to have that, right? Like my iron warriors, we have a couple guys that come out for the events, but no one like, like close proximity plays, uh, Imperial fist. So I don't yeah, really I'm have gonna... any, uh, go any ahead. grudge matches for that, but <laughs> I know, I know a couple guys, um, our friend Ted, who's, who's local as well is supposed to be starting them up. So, he does at least it gives me another uh guy to go after so <laughs> i mean iron warriors are clearly the best legion known to man so, hands quite down rightly, quite rightly and it is true that you know my it's very weird because my brother chris plays uh the other one of the other hosts on the podcast he plays uh imperial fists which wasn't a dis- conscious decision incidentally it just happened to fall that way so uh we have like a real sort of battle of brothers but um yeah we tend to <laughs> We, we tend to have a few a uh, few goes at that, but um, I haven't played too many Imperial Fist players actually. They're not that common. I think it's the yellow that puts people off, to be honest. I think so 
because um, that's a horrible so. color to paint. But um, so you're not going to. I mean, Space Wolves, Cracking Legion. I'm I'm always giving them a hard time, though. To be fair, so <laughs> don't listen to don't listen to the podcast. For goodness' sake. Um, oh, it's all good. It's all good. They can this, they can handle it. This um, we're doing a episode on. In fact, the episode this will be on. Uh, we're doing on word bearers. So we're doing okay. a whole sort of thing on word bearers. So um, I've got to write a list, and I've already written one for them um, a couple of episodes back, like with uh, Zardu Laek, you know, the kind of demon summoning guy. He's really cool. But I'm going to have to try and find some other some other twist. So I might go with Erebus. He's everybody hates Erebus, right? They Nobody do. likes him. He's such a horrible, horrible character. Um, but you know, you got to love him just for that. I think you know it'd be boring yeah. without him. That's the way I look at it. Oh, for sure. Like for the word bearers, because not much of my armies have a very big like drop presence. I really wanted to try and look into that uh, lacerated sun right of war mm-hmm. and run like a big drop pod list and kind of have it like boom in your face and taking advantage of having Gore like Val Gorbach running around and Yeah. I mean Gal Gorbach are a great unit, aren't they, I think. Yeah. I mean they really are a super unit on in game. I mean they've got a lot of good things going for them. Um but yeah you don't like I said it's one of those other legions you don't see too many of um yeah. locally I think a lot of things you know we seem to see space wolves quite a lot of uh, a lot of people are doing dark angels now and they're very mm. cool um yeah. uh, we had a big thing a thousand suns they've dropped off a bit but you know uk scenes always changing like there's one thing that will be very popular and then next year it'll be something else and it's constantly kind of changing so yeah it's really cool anyway I won't keep you any longer, but thank you ever so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Hey, no and problem. Thanks a lot, man. It sounds like you had a, you, you ran a fantastic event. And like I say, it's, it's a real testament to what you've done there. Um, but, you know, people know about that event. They know what's happening in the heresy scene there and how cool it was. So keep up the good work. And we'd love to hear more about you uh, after next year, if not before, mate. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And yeah, keep, right. keep up, keep up the good work on your guys' page too. It's always All good right. to, to listen in. So. Gotcha. All right. Well, you take care and uh, have a lovely day in Edmonton, and I shall enjoy the northeast's last of its sunshine. So uh, I shall <laughs> perfect. S- speak to you later, fella. Take care. Catch you later. Cheers. Bye bye. Cheers.